Hi, I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life, because left to our own devices, we're not connected. Today, my guest is David Siegel. David is the CEO of Meetup, the leading social media platform dedicated to groups that meet in person, and especially now online. He has over 20 years of experience as a technology and digital media executive leading organizations through innovative product development, rapid revenue growth, and traffic acceleration. Prior to joining Meetup, David was the CEO of Investopedia, and I actually profiled him in my first book, Bring Your Human to Work. David holds a BA and an MBA from the University of Pennsylvania, and he is also an adjunct professor at Columbia University and Pace University, where he teaches courses in strategic planning and entrepreneurship. David really understands the importance of connection and relationships at work, and I know that you will enjoy the show. Hey, David. How you doing? Life is good. Life is good. Are you in Westchester at the moment? I'm in Westchester County, living in White Plains with my wonderful wife and three children. And oh my God, do I now know them all better than I ever did before. And you know, I, I can be married for 21 years and and I would say it's we spent more time together this past year and these past COVID months than uh than than probably any time in our 21 years. And yeah, God, we well, I would marriage. say yeah, given that you and I both have have three teenagers, it's um I think if we can make it through this, we're good for the next the next 20 years, or that's at least what I've been uh, been telling myself. So thank you for making the time to to join us. I'm excited. I think that our listeners are going to love to hear about your story, personal, professional. But to kick it off, you know, for those who don't know a lot about Meetup, and I actually have to say, I didn't realize this this one piece of, of the history was that Meetup was founded after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, because people were really want, they needed to turn to each other in these challenging times. And now we're at another one of those very, very challenging times, and, and we can't meet in person. So it's a really interesting time to have you on the show. How are you doing? And and what's going on at Meetup when when so much of Meetup was about meeting up in person? Yeah, it's Meetup and, and, and I always had a very um, complicated relationship with technology. Because on the one hand, we don't, what we say to ourselves, we're the technology that gets people off of technology. Right. We're the technology that facilitates in-person and to getting together in-person. And it's all about in-person to the extent that our former, our founder and my, my, the former CEO of the company stood up on a big stage at WeWork when we used to be owned by WeWork and smashed to pieces a VR device because VR can never replicate in-person and it was all about in-person. Um, during the, the moment that things started happening in China and happening then in Italy, and then of course, like everyone else, we said, oh, it's probably not going to come to the United States. We'll be okay. Oh, right. look, China's meetup groups are down 95%. Italy's groups are down 90%. Uh-oh, it's better not happen in the United States. Obviously, very quickly it did. We had a real existential crisis, actually, as a company, where, where we said, but our goal is all about in person. We're selling out if we move to move to online. Right. And, and then we took a step back and we said, wait a second. No, we're wrong. Our goal is not about in-person. Our goal is about keeping people connected to each other in meaningful ways mm-hmm. and safe ways. 
And the only way that people can actually connect to each other in meaningful, safe ways is online. And what we did is we then in one week created an online experience for Meetup. It used to be that the number one reason why we why we disallowed certain people to become organizers is because they wanted to have online events. And we're like, no, online events, evil. <laughs> okay. So for our 18 year history, no online events. In the last mm-hmm. seven months, we have now had, get this, over 1.5 million online events on Meetup with over 15 million people attending online events. And while we don't have as many online events as we had in-person events, um, in different countries and different places, like in Brazil, online events represent 90% of events because of challenging situations. So we, we reframed our, our mission mm-hmm. to, to say it's not about in-person, it's about staying connected. And the only safe way to do that is online. And we're, you know, it's been a... Um, it's been a great, great experience for me personally and also for Meetup because it's forced us to do things as a company that we never would have done if not for the pandemic that actually right. make for much better experiences. Wow. And so interestingly, I mean, have you found that that your meetups now are taking on a different global um you know, perspective, because now if, if you can do them online, right, and I have a meetup for how to bring your human to work, let's say, I can have people, if they're willing to get up in the middle of the night, you know, if they're, you know, in Asia, they could be in my meetup. First of all, Erica, you should have a meetup for bring your, bring your human to work. And as a thank you, we're going to give you a free organizer code. So you two can become a meetup organizer. So you should, but you're exactly right. We have this, I'll give you a couple examples. There's like, we have, you know, over... We have about 15,000 meetup events every day. So I'll give you two examples. One is a ecstatic dance meetup, right? So I was speaking to the organizer to give, you know, like from go to the extreme. Um, and, and she said, she's like, oh my God, I used to have a meetup event in my little town and we would get, you know, seven to 10 people and they would keep coming and it was wonderful. I now have an online event. I just had people from 18 different countries. Oh my like, gosh. At my event. And it's amazing because now people can do it from the comfort of their homes. There's also the flip side where many people who couldn't get access to an event because they lived in a remote area or just a suburban area. Right. And let's say they, they're a parent of someone with ADHD children. They want to be in an ADHD meetup support group. Well, there's no ADHD meetup support group in kind of remote Ottawa or something. Now they can actually join one and do it online. So the beauty of this whole thing is that Meetup can now support and and help millions, tens of hundreds of millions of people they couldn't do beforehand. Right. And for people with like super niche interests, like ecstatic dance or whatever it is, they can, and that wouldn't have like a hundred different groups in a hundred different cities, they can now tap into something that might be more niche. Right. All right. I'm going to check out the ecstatic dance group. That sounds, yeah. that sounds awesome. So one of the things that I think many of, of, of our listeners can learn from you and learn from Meetup and learn from the organizers is that, you know, we're going into month 10 of this pandemic. We're all fatigued. Leaders talk to me all the time. How do I keep my employees engaged and motivated? Because um, the days are long and heavy, it's getting cold, at least if you're in the New York City area where we both are. And I read an interview w- that you did recently where you talked about four factors that 
make for an engaged community, which I can tip you off and tell you what they are because I'm sure you're Thank interviewed, you. Thank interviewed you. all the time. Right now, okay, so I but but I but I will say I thought it was a great interview. So I'll share what this article said, and then you can expand on it. But I think that um, anybody leading a meeting could really learn from you and your experts because they are running out of ideas and, sure. and it's becoming really hard. So I'll tell you what the four are and we won't go through necessarily each one, but maybe just you can talk about the highlights. So this is what you said in your interview. The four things you need. Number one, you need a great organizer. Number two, the more the community members can be vulnerable with each other, the mm. deeper the community becomes. I talk about that a lot. I think it's so important. Number three, continuity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not a series of random events, but if you do something on a regular basis. And the fourth one I also loved, which you talked about, if you can start a meeting or start with a story, you really do start to see people looking up from their their phones or their technology and are much more likely to connect with each other. So number one, do you like what you said? And um, <laughs> two, can you just in general expand on it a bit? Yeah, one of the benefits of, of talking and not thinking before I talk is uh, I get to say a lot of things, but the negative is I barely ever remember actually what I said. So, you know, good news and bad news there, right? right. So, okay, I really like what I said on this one. Um, I mean, here's what I would say. A community needs a driver. A meeting needs a driver. If just like, by the way, projects need a driver. You know, we talk in, in, our, in our office all the time that you have to have a single owner for something. If there's like, three or four different people, then everyone's going to not know exactly who's in charge of what. Right. And, and, and at Meetup or whether it's whether it's there or something else, you need to have the organizers at the center of everything. And the, the, the success of a Meetup group is not because the topic is cool, not because they're in the right location, not because of whatever. It's because the organizer is passionate, but his or her or their kind of um, what they do, and they're doing it oftentimes for like real caring philanthropic type reasons. So they're the center of everything. And I think that th there's learnings there generally that if you don't have the right person on the team, you know, it's the first who, then what principle of Jim Collins, Collins, like you're never going to have success. And, yeah. and, and, and for meetings, it's all about kind of the centrality of the organizer. I mean, in terms of vulnerability, listen, people connect to others when they could be, as you know better than I do, their authentic selves. And part of being a real person is not just being a, a resume. You know, a resume is like the highlights that are oftentimes superficial, um, sometimes not even exactly true. They rarely talk about the, the failures and, 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 and that's not real. And it's not a way to connect with others. And, and I think as a leader, as you know well, and I think why we connected, is we can, one can be vulnerable with each other about mistakes that one makes either in life, in business, family, work, whatever, whatever the issue is. So, so it's why if you think about like Alcoholics Anonymous, which is one of the most profoundly effective communities in building connections between each other is so successful because they're able mm -hmm. to draw out vulnerability around people and that vulnerability has untold value. Yep. Um, and then just in terms of, you know, storytelling, I'll just say that I didn't hit number three, but in terms of storytelling, what I would say there is that I think people are conditioned from a very young age to hopefully 
to have the opportunities to have cuddled up with their parents, their moms, their dads, their grandparents, with their little books in front of them and being told stories. And there's something very um, emotionally stabilizing uh, when you tell a story. Whenever I speak, mm -hmm. I'll stand up in front of audience, I'll clap my hands to usually wake everyone up because usually people are asleep half the time. Not if you spoke beforehand, but if you know someone else did. <laughs> and, and, and I'll be like, I want to share with you a story. And, um, and, uh, and, that, and I, I literally see everyone's going for their head down to look at, oh, a story, a story. <laughs> story, this, story time. <laughs> story time, yay. They, they feel like they're like four or five years old again. And there's something happens. There's actually a lot of so studies and science about actually what happens in the brain when stories are being told. It's kind of absolutely fascinating. Wow. Just as an aside for people listening to you, you and I met when we were both speaking at a conference in Toronto we did. a couple, a we couple did. of years ago. And I loved your yeah. talk. And we, I mean, it's so crazy, right? It was four years ago and we all yeah. spoke at conferences in person and hopefully we will do so, do so again someday. I hope so too. Uh, no, but this is, these are great takeaways because I think whether you're a meeting organizer in the meetup sense or you're running your weekly team meeting at a company these are important things to, to think about and, and prescriptive and practical. And if everybody tomorrow could start their meeting off with a story, how amazing would that be? It would be awesome. It would be engaging. So like next time you have a meeting, don't start it yourself, but ask someone beforehand to tell a story that happened last week. Or even have each person tell a one sentence story about something that happened in the week. People will just be connected more to each other in that conversation in a different way than if you start off with like, okay, we have five things we have to talk about today. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a lot about the the meetup as a business and, and the organizers, but you're the CEO of the company. So how do you think about community w you know, within meetup and how, how many employees are there? Sure. So we have about 100 employees at meetup. Um, you know, I, I was literally, I just got off a call with another a CEO, colleague, friend of mine, and he asked me the question, what are you, are you going to go back to the office and have, go back to the office? And my response was, we cannot be the shoemaker, have the shoemaker's children go barefoot. Those exact words I used. Mm -hmm. And meaning meetup is all about community and meetup has always historically been about getting together in person. So we don't have an office right now. We're actually, we're using a WeWork space, which we let lapse. Um, and we are going to go back to office connecting because we're inherently about both community um, in-person and also online. So what we're doing in the interim is probably fairly interesting. And I think other organizations can do it. So I want to tell you what it is. Great. Starting with March, we're going to have something every other week called Meetup Day. And what we're going to do is we're going to rent out a space for 100 people every other week for about six months until people feel comfortable going in kind of most days and then back to an office. And in that day, we're going to have breakfast for everyone. We're going to break into team meetings for different people in teams. We're then going to have lunch free for everyone. We're then going to have our company meeting, stand-up meeting that we always have every other week. We're then going to get back to some meetings, and then we're all going to go to different meetup events or groups kind of around the, around the city. My point is, is that we're going to have this immersive community experience that only meetup kind of would want, that meetup, you know, is really inherent of who meetup is. Um, 
and we're going to build community, but we're not going to tell people they need to be in the office, you know, three days a week, five days a week, et cetera. So that's what we're going to be experimenting with and we'll see how it goes. But I think other companies can do some of the similar things because we've had, for example, our executive team has gotten together for executive offsites and we've done all of our executive offsites outdoors, yep. socially distanced. And that's just different than doing it via Zoom where people want to like shoot themselves at the end of like a day standing in front of Zoom looking at the same, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, Brady Bunch squares. Right, right, right. Well, so what I have been, I have been thinking, people ask me that question all the time, you know, what's going to happen when people start to go back to work? And the answer that I often give, not that I know I can't see the future, is exactly what you are going to start to to play around with and and see if that can be if that can work. So tell tell me if these were some of the things you were thinking about. You know, one is it doesn't matter it's not about what day you come in, it's more about the kind of things that you're doing when you come together. So mm-hmm. stay at home and do your Excel spreadsheets or making your sales calls, but come in to brainstorm and innovate and have a strategy meeting and of course just that human oxytocin, hopefully mm-hmm. someday without the masks. But I I do think that that is where we're headed and we're going to have to rethink about the actual space to fit the people, one big room for 100 people and a bunch of breakout rooms. But is that sort of your thinking going into this? Very much so, actually. It's 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 how can we get the best of when people were in the office beforehand? which is the ideation, which is the proverbial stop by the water cooler or, 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 or get together over coffee, community kind of relationships leading to um, bigger ideas and collaboration. That's really important. Um, but at the same time, not be so structured and force people to that five-day-a-week needing, needing to necessarily be together all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a lot of good things. Number one is we're hiring more people outside of New York than we ever did beforehand, which means that our employee population is an expanded population, which is great for companies to be able to do. Um, and also for the people who were remote beforehand, they're not treated, they don't feel like these redheaded stepchildren, excuse the term if you don't know it, it's an actual term. Um, I know you know it probably, but a listener. Um, uh, so no insult to redheads. Um, that, that, that they, that they're like, oh, I'm always, you know, everyone's in the room and I'm like, you know, my video doesn't work out the time. And so it just puts everyone on a little more level playing field. So I I think that the, the, everyone is going to end up ultimately being happy because those people that need to be in the office five days a week because of childcare issues or other issues, you know, will be. And those people that, that don't want to be, we're going to have some minimum requirements. It's not going to be like whatever you want. and, and, and we'll find the right ways to do what you said, which is build community, IDA, brainstorm um, in person and do other things not. Right. But I do feel like there's almost a shift where they're not even going to view something like that as a requirement. It's like a pull versus ah. a push. Right. That that when you said it, that was what went into my mind where, oh, my gosh, I don't want to miss you know that meeting, that speaker. That's when I get to see everybody and and brainstorm. So I think, yeah. No, it's awesome what you said. My entire kind of message to our leadership team about meetup day was we, the, the, the feeling we want to have is people being like the day before, and yes, I can't wait to go into the office for this day. And they're genuinely excited to see their colleagues, see their friends, um, get free food, which is important. People love that. Yeah. Myself. 
Um, and, and it's something that people genuinely look forward to. And that's the mark. If people yeah. are looking forward to getting into the office, great. And if it's like, a, like, oh, crap, we have to go, go in this, you know, then, then we failed. And that's right. kind of the mark for us. And I bet we'll, we'll have to talk about this X amount of months from now. Um, and as you know, my new book is about rituals. Mm-hmm. That, that meetup day will, will become a ritual. And, you know, what's a ritual? A ritual is something that all of a sudden people couldn't even imagine not having it. Um, if, if there's that stickiness and it's something that goes beyond its, its general purpose. Like there will be these intangibles. Yeah. You have some meetings and you do some things, but there are other things that people will get out of, um, meetup day that are, that are beyond, you know, something that you can put down on, on paper. And that's, so that's my guess. No, I think, I think you're right. And when I think of rituals, you know, my mind goes to like, Within religion, there's obviously many, many different rituals in, in all religions. And, and, and those rituals, sometimes they're rational and they make sense. And sometimes they're just behavioral and they don't make any sense whatsoever. But, they, but there's still a purpose, even if it doesn't necessarily make, make sense to it. And it's something that people look forward to. And it's episodic, whether the episodicness is once a month, once a year, once, once a quarter, whatever it is. And... Um, we certainly have many of those at Meetup, um, and and I, I I'm confident that Meetup Day will create their own set of rituals. I yeah. agree. It's cool. So, what are some of your favorite rituals at Meetup now? Sure. Okay. So the first one I would say is um, we have something called. Okay, here's an, here's one that actually started more recently in the last nine months but it's something that will always continue. And it's actually, just start with, let, let me say what it is. We always had once a month, um, either yoga or a meditation um, led by someone in our company who, or one or two different people in our company who are focused on yoga or meditation, kind of, um, they, they were trained in it. And people loved that time where people could just go into a room, shut off the, shut off the lights, and whether it was an intern sitting next to a CEO, you connect with each other in personal ways that were so different than your typical kind of professional meetings. And it was just a perfect example of the personal coming into the professional setting and people being, you know, even vulnerable with each other around, around meditation or other related life experiences. So then the question is, how do we do that in the future? So we created something called Wellness Wednesdays, which is now a ritual. And it will continue forever. Um, and I love it. And it's a different thing that we really work on for our employee population to help them to make sure to take care of themselves during this time. And it could be, you know, it could be um, chair yoga. It could be um, um, for parents. You're talking about childcare type, type, type challenges and, and, and sharing, sharing experiences with each other. It could be bringing in a speaker from the outside um, around around handling um, conflict at home. Um, but Wellness Wednesdays is, is a ritual that I think everyone really tends to look look forward to a lot. And it's just a great break. You know, for is, it, is it an hour in the middle of the day? or Hour in the middle of the day, yeah. And we want to do it in the middle of the day. So it's not like something we do at six o'clock that would yeah. conflict with family time. So it's right in the middle of the day, correct. Yeah, no, I right. think that's great. I've been talking a lot to companies, even around year-end holiday parties and just in general, and even pre-COVID. Why does happy hour have to be at six o'clock? 
Yeah. You know, we need activities from a from an inclusion perspective to not necessarily have alcohol, to not necessarily be after work. And I do think this time with the pandemic is is leading many more leaders to to think about things more broadly because they have to. They're peering into everybody's living rooms and everybody's living room is very different. Well said. Well said. I mean, we always had like the the um secret Santa, you know, type type rituals. Um, in our company where people would would want to buy things for each other, et cetera, or kind of game nights. And now we're doing a lot of that virtually and it works. And, and those rituals are also you know, incredibly important um, to the company. Um, but I think too often companies saw um, personal connections as like our summer party and our holiday party, like you said. And th- that's wrong because that's not, those aren't rituals. They're, they're just too inconsistent to be real rituals. Um, they have to be things that are happening once a week, once a month, once every couple other month. Um, and, and that's that's really the, the win. We used to have a barbecue um, on a rooftop um, every, every Thursday night in the summertime. And that was an amazing bonding ritual. Now we can't do that right now. So we, we have to figure out how to um, create that mechanism. And, but I'm sure when we have meetup day, we'll find a location where we can do something you know, that's outdoors and that's bonding for everyone as well. Right. Have you have you been able to maintain any of those rituals, um, you know, during this time? Yeah. So the 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 um, Wellness Wednesdays is definitely a maintenance, ma- maintaining a ritual. Yep. Um, we have we have some really important ERGs, employee resource groups that um, one for people of color, one around LGBTQ, um, one around women of meetup. And they continue to host monthly events before the pandemic and at the pandemic. And whether it's bringing in a speaker from the outside, like Women to Meet Up do, yep. or you know, talking about um, um, advocating for oneself, uh, negotiating pay, things like that, which are really important. Um, or people of uh, or the Meet Up in Color group mm-hmm. um, bringing in amazing speakers and talking about obviously everything going on with Black Lives Matter, etc. All of that has been maintained, um, uh, in person and also from in person, and then continuing, continuing as well. So ERGs, but it speaks to what we said earlier. The reason for an ERG succeeding is because there's an organizer who's super passionate about making that ERG successful. Mm-hmm. And organizations that have more than 100 employees that don't have an ERG or two um, for underrepresented groups to really help to support each other are missing out on kind of on important opportunities, uh, especially around ritualization. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've heard, probably heard me say this because I say it a lot, but, you know, left to our own devices, excusing the pun, you know, we're not connecting. And a big piece of that is having somebody who is that champion who is intentional. It's yes. not just we're going to have our weekly ERG meeting and more of a box check. Um, it's it's. This is important, and you know these are the goals, and and there's real energy around it, which I think you it's very different. You feel when when someone has that. Well, that's why events are so important versus just meetings. Meetings are like you said, I loved it, checking the box. And an event is something, and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to have an event every week, every month. It could be every other month, once a quarter. But events are things that people plan for. They can invite people from the outside in. It brings in new people, brings in continuity, like we like we mentioned earlier, and and that's where people tend to 
you know, really get excited about, about those kind of things. And, you know, we have, we, we just had an event last week. It was, it was a painting event for Wellness Wednesday where we had someone kind of, we, you could order all the paints and, and then you get delivered and it's all free. Of course, we pay for it. And then people standing up there make painting and then they were taking, taking um, pictures of, of, of what they did. And some were horrible like mine and some were amazing, like, you know, other people's. Um, but, but it's just an example of there's a lot that you could do during this time. And that's even more, it's more important to do it now than it was before. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, you're preaching to the choir on that one. I, <laughs> I, I could not agree more. All right. So I have one more question, something that I ask everybody on the podcast and then we'll just go into a few fun rapid fire questions before we end. Although I do feel like I could uh, speak to you all day. Um, what what do you do in your life that makes you feel most like you? Wow, what do I do in my life that makes me feel most like me? Anything. Okay, here's what I would say. I would say very specifically swimming. And what I mean by that is that one of the um, things that I need to work on for myself is kind of being more present um, and and not just rushing from one thing to another, not just every spare second answering the, the email that happens to come in mm-hmm. um, at that particular time to get back to people quickly. Um, and, and the reason why I like swimming is it's a meditative type activity that does not allow for any technology during it. And I, sometimes people have the problem of actually thinking too much and being in their heads too much. I actually don't have that problem. I, but, and I need to find time to spend a little time um, looking at, you know, how, how things are in life, what things I might want to change, just thinking about how things are going. I get into almost a trance when I'm swimming mm-hmm. and it's, it's just an incredibly meditative, healthy activity for me. And afterwards I come out, whether it's in a lake or a pool, and I just feel like I'm 18 again. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so for me, and, and yoga is a similar type thing for me. I, I try to do some element of yoga or stretching almost every single morning. Um, and again, it's, this, it's, it's a meditative experience for me. That, that also helps me to kind of be more present and be more calm kind of throughout the rest of my day. Wow. I, I love that. And I'm sure it was very important during these last nine months, you know, with all the kids and everybody at home to, to center yourself and, and to have some time for you. I mean, I often think about, you know, bringing your human to work or to home is is about honoring relationships. And, you know, you have Wellness Wednesday. It's about honoring the relationship with others, but also honoring the relationship with yourself. So kudos to you for making time for that. Yeah, so important. Yeah. All right. So a couple last questions so people okay. can get to know a little bit more about you. Um, are you binging anything these days on Netflix or HBO yeah, Max? I'll, I feel like there's a new channel every time I ask this question. Yeah, no, I'm watching. Uh, I'm still old school with Netflix. I can't get into all the, all the new <laughs> stuff. So I happen to be watching Ozark right now. But it's Ozark is kind of the theme for me of almost all the shows that I tend to like, which who knows why, whether it's Breaking Bad or um, Ozark or oh, the guy that was the murderer, axe murder, killed lots of people. I don't remember. Um, uh, starts with a D. Uh, whatever the guy, whatever it's called. It's these people that externally live very normal lives, normal right. people. 
but really they're crazy as, as anything uh, behind the scenes. So it's kind of the theme of, of shows I tend, to, I tend to like. And what that says about me, clearly any therapist would be able to figure that one out probably maybe very easily. But I tend to really love those shows. That's cool. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get into that the next time we chat. <laughs> uh, what about books? Are you reading anything? Hmm, yeah, I actually am. Here's the book right here. I didn't know you were going to ask it, but I haven't been reading it earlier, which is such a, I'm sorry to be so like, ugh, standard and boring, but it's the No Rules Rules. But with Oh, Netflix yeah, it just came out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really quite excellent. Um, the famous, you know, PowerPoint 100 slide deck about kind of Culture. their Netflix philosophy on people has been well known for a long time. And they bring a lot of that, of that into the book. And as someone who used to work in human resources before, as early in my career, um, I'm really enjoying it. And as usual, I kind of take down different notes and uh, in the book and, and, uh, and, and see what could be applied to meetup. That's great. Um, what is the coolest meetup you've ever been to? Coolest meetup I've ever been to. Other than the ecstatic dancing. Yeah, ecstatic dance is, is pretty high up there on the list. That's for sure. Um, let's see. You know what I like? This is so cool, but I, it's just such a different application of it. I'll share it. Which is, I was at a meetup group where it was a group of about 10 PhD students who got together multiple times a week who were all writing a dissertation. And writing a dissertation is such a lonely experience where people need to give, give encouragement to one another mm -hmm. that they created a meetup group for people writing dissertations so they could all kind of empower and help each other and keep them moving along kind of the dissertation process. And I would just interview them and ask them questions. But that was a pretty cool application of the importance of community and helping to support each other. So right. and, talk, and, and talk about niche. <laughs> talk about niche, exactly. Talk about niche. Right. You can find a meetup for anything. And right. the last question, is there something about yourself that you learned during COVID that surprised you? Hmm. I definitely used to be the type of person who was very good at prioritizing like the most important things in life and kind of letting other things just kind of fall by the wayside because that's just like, and family is really important and work is important and maybe religion was important to me. And, and it was like, okay, everything else kind of not so important. So the thing that wasn't as important in the past actually was, I love friends and I think I'd have quite a number of them, but I didn't put enough of a priority towards friends because it was more important to me to spend time with my family and, and take care of other things. And mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to go out with friends when I could have dinner with my family. During COVID, because there is more free time, wow, the number of kind of like long walks I've been taking with friends or going jogging with friends or going bike riding with friends, um, it's, it's really been special. And, and I would say that I am putting even greater priority on kind of friendships that are local, meaning within like four or five blocks of my home than I ever would have put in beforehand, um, particularly because we're so close to and isolated from our homes. Right. And, and it's been a wonderful experience getting a text from a friend at 8 a.m. being like, hey, do you want to go for a jog? Um, and that never happened really for me beforehand. Wow. And yeah, and that, that won't go away. You're going to have this community, you know, post- post-COVID, you go out and you actually know, you. I mean, there's the amount of people that say they don't know their neighbors. Look, I live in a building in Manhattan. I do know some of my neighbors, but it's it's amazing. You're so close in proximity, oh, but don't know people. We've gotten to know so many of the people, like 
two of our neighbors across the street both put fire pits, right? And they socially distance people sitting outside and, and just hanging with their fire pits. And it's really nice. It's really nice. And I think that will continue for years to come. Yeah, that's great. Well, David, thank you so much. I loved chatting with you. I could do it for at least another hour, but the podcast is only 35 minutes or so. Cannot wait to hear about Meetup Day. I might have to stop by and uh, check it out myself. Awesome. Congrats on everything. Can't wait for it to come out and uh, have an awesome rest of the day. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in this week to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly newsletter, text the word HUMAN to 66866. Or you can connect with me by email at erica at spaghettiproject.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you next time.